Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. Hey, gorgeous. It's Denise here, and welcome to Chill and Prosper, your weekly chat and download with me in Australia. Um, chatting about money and mindset and all good things. So today's topic is something that is so challenging for so many people and it's something I hear again and again um, from the community but also in my Money Bootcamp group. It's what happens if your partner and your family and friends, basically everyone around you, what do you do if they have a really bad money mindset? And how to keep your vibrations high, how to do this money block work when everyone else seems to be against you. Now, this is such a juicy, juicy topic. It really is. And it also can bring up a lot of fear for people, I think, on addressing it because sometimes you know that when you start to work on something big for yourself, it can uncover truths that you do not want to face. Okay. So I just want to say straight off the bat, do not be afraid that working on your money stuff is going to wreck your relationship. Um, in some cases, it does. Like spoiler alert, in some cases, um, when you start to grow and change and shift and do all the things that you want to do with your life and be true to yourself, sometimes relationships do not survive that. Okay. So I'm going to say it straight off the bat and I'm not going to lie to you, but, 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 but in so many beautiful cases, I have seen just massive shifts happen in relationships and, you know, couples coming together and really recommitting to their future and attitudes change and just some really gorgeous things. And I know that there are some um, partners who who listen to this, you know, so maybe, you know, you listen to Chill and Prosper in your car and sometimes your partner's there too. And it just soaks in. I um, hear all the time that male partners like husbands are like, oh, yeah, I listen to your stuff too. And I'm like, great. I love that. Um, You know, we know from our stats that our audience is like 95% women. Um, But I know there's 5% of guys who are listening. Hi there. Hi there. Okay. So what do you do if, um, you know, the the person that you love the most, the person who lives with you is just so negative about money. What do you do about what do you do about that? The first thing I want you to do before you do anything else is to take the sacred money archetypes quiz. Okay, so it's a free quiz, free workshop. You can go to denisedt.com slash quiz. Okay? It um it's it's a bit of a lengthy quiz, but it still only take you about 10 minutes. This is a game changer for all couples. Um, You might be single, but you have a business partner. You know, you might be single, but you have, um, you know, like family members that you want to understand. So this works for any relationships. You might have children that you're struggling to understand their kind of personality. This makes so much sense when you start to see people's money personality. Okay, so there's eight different archetypes. There's the accumulator. They're the ones who can be quite frugal very careful with money. There's the alchemist. These are the ideas people 
always coming up with new ideas, always want that variety, um, can turn anything into gold. Then you have the celebrities. Celebrities love spending money. Celebrities love the finer things in life, especially bling and designer bling and love kind of being the center of attention. Then you have the connectors. Connectors are all about relationships, making memories, um, you know, deep meaning in life, connecting people, connecting stories. Then you have the mavericks. Mavericks want to always go against the flow. They will always rebel. They always want to do things differently and they want to root for the underdog. Then you have the nurturers. Nurturers will um, martyr themselves. They'll sacrifice themselves for everyone else and put everyone else first. Then you have the romantics. Romantics want an easy life. They want everything to be easy and chill and beautiful and they don't want to have to work too hard. Then you have the rulers. Rulers are the workaholics. They're always coming up with new ideas. They're never satisfied. Okay, so everyone is a combination of those archetypes and usually you're a combination of your top three. Okay, so I'm a ruler, maverick, romantic. So I'm a workaholic, but I like to do things my own way. Freedom's my highest value. But also I like to try and find the shortcut for things. That's my romantic side, right? So chill and prosper is kind of a perfect, um, you know, kind of ruler, romantic-y kind of name. Um, Mark is a ruler, maverick, celebrity. So he is a workaholic, way more than me. He has a lot of the more negative traits of the ruler than me. But his maverick, he actually doesn't have a lot of the rebellious kind of traits of being a maverick. He can be very impulsive. And then celebrity, he's got this kind of repressed celebrity where he, he um, you know, loves the newest things. He loves buying the newest gadgets. Um, he loves impressing other people. But he doesn't get to show that very often, right? So knowing this about each other has helped us so, 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 so much. And I'll give you a really... Um, Particular example from our first couple of years. Mark and I have been together for like, I don't don't even remember, 17 years or something. Longer than that now. 19 years. Um, And when we got married, we had this massive clash around our wedding. And I didn't understand at the time until afterwards. Now I realize he's got that celebrity in him. He was just like, you know, let's go look at invitations. And I'd be like, yep, that one because my rule is so impatient, right? And he'd be like, no, 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 what about this invitation? And what about this one? And what about this one? And then we need to get the matching envelopes. And I was like, who cares about the matching envelopes? Like my my patience for stuff would be so low. And then he'd be like, okay, so um, I've narrowed the ties down to three different ties. Which one? And I'd be like, that one. And he'd go, no, I think this one, I'll, I'll get some more samples. And I was like, who gives a shit about ties? And so what I didn't realize until years later is that um, for, for a lot of celebrities, impressing people is such an important part of their personality. They want people to see them as successful and they want everything to be perfect. And so he was having this wedding of like, I want people to see, you know, I'm successful. I'm marrying this beautiful woman, you know, all this beautiful stuff. And I was just like completely dismissing everything. Um, and we got into debt for our wedding and I had a lot of resentment about it until I realized that he had this celebrity part of his personality. Okay, so it's not that maybe your partner has a bad money mindset. They just might have a different money mindset to you. Here's a couple of other scenarios, right? I see this coupling a lot where you've got one person who's really creative 
and one person who's really not creative, okay? And the scenario that I see a few times is that you've got someone who is an entrepreneur who um, is very creative and comes up with lots of different things and often they're married to someone who's like, um, you know, an accountant or an IT person or someone who's like super logical and like almost the extreme kind of cliche of an accountant of like the penny-pinching kind of accountant. And so you've got both of them who are just like, hey, let's throw caution to the wind. Let's manifest it. And then you've got the other person going, no, we can't afford that. What if we get, you know, spend all our money and we're homeless on the street? And it's like sometimes those opposites do attract. And it can be really fascinating to see, especially when you don't understand where each other are coming from. And so one of the greatest fears for an accumulator is the fear of running out of money the fear of being homeless on the street, the fear of uh, scarcity and lack. And it can be very hard to understand if you're on the other side of the spectrum where you're like, well, we'll just manifest it. Like it will just happen. We'll just magically make it happen. And it can cause a lot of stress on both sides because you don't understand where each other are coming from at all. And so that's why I always say, go do the quiz first. Um, Find out and understand. And the way that that's helped Mark and I, one, it made made us realize how similar we are and that actually we need other energies, not only in our business, but in our life. So we have um, some financial advisors and they can be, in our mind sometimes, a bit Debbie Downer because our ruler mavericks are just like, it's going to work. Let's just do it. Who cares if we have to stretch? It's fine. We can be very impulsive. Like we'll just make it work. And so we have people on our team who are like, well, let me go and crunch the numbers. Let me go and find out all the scenarios where that could go wrong. And sometimes we take their advice and sometimes we don't. But that has really helped us to realize, oh my God, we're actually so similar that sometimes we can, it's like double sabotage. You know, because there's no one to go, hang on, maybe we should think a little bit. And, you know, and we've done some really impulsive things. We've bought houses that were um, bad investments. We've um, gone into business with people we shouldn't have. We've, you know, committed ourselves to things that we shouldn't have because we can be impulsive. And actually, we almost bought a house last year. And this is just so classic us. We, um, We saw it online and we were like, oh, that looks amazing. And so we went to see it. And we came home and we went, let's sell our house. So we started packing up our house. This was like Christmas, like Christmas, a couple of days before Christmas. And my mum and her best friend were staying. And um, her best friend was like, what are they doing? And mum goes, they've made a decision. Like they just never stop and think about stuff. They just make a decision and just take action on it. And so then we went and saw the house again. And we took all of our family, we took our kids and the kids were like, yeah, we're like, pick out your room. This is so great. Um, And like we made an offer and they rejected our offer. So we made another offer. And so we had our financial advisors come around and look at it with us. And one of them, Steve, I hope you're not listening, but he was, he was like, there's something wrong with this house. He's like, hmm. And he was like looking under the foundation and looking all this stuff. And I was like, Steve, I was like, just being Debbie Downer. I was like, nope. I love this house. I love it so much. And he was like, nope, there's something wrong with this house and I'm going to figure out what it is. And I was just like going, Debbie Downer, (laughs) like whatever. And um, we were really lucky that then it was Christmas and New Year and we really couldn't take action, even though we were like, 
we called our realtor. Let's sell our house. We packed up all our house. Literally, we're packing up our house. Um, and he finally, he's like, okay, so I've, I've called the council. I've called, you know, I've tracked down the builder who built this. I've tracked all the things. And he's like, there's something really wrong with this house. It doesn't have an occupation certificate. You know, it's going to cost you tons of money, blah, blah, blah. And it was just one of those times where I went, oh, my God, we really do have to listen because our personalities are so similar. We just egg each other on and we do not see the downside to things, you know, and that can be a massive, massive problem. But if you're someone who's completely opposite, you guys might just swing between different scenarios, right? And it could be feast or famine in your house, or it could be that um, one person's fear holds the other person back and you miss out on opportunities because you're waiting for the right time or you take too long. And I've seen that happen as well, where couples are just like, oh, no, well, what about if the economy goes wrong? And what about this? And what about that? And then years later, they're still in the exact same spot. You know, so you've got to, you've got to find that balance. All right. But I've got way more tips for you. Um after the break but I want you just to you know maybe even just pause it go do the quiz find out and then I'll tell you what to do with that information um, after the break see you in a sec hey beautiful my name is Kathy Feenan I live in Newcastle New South Wales and I'm a success mindset coach for overwhelmed entrepreneurs I read get rich lucky bitch this year after I found it on Denise website and pretty much stalking her for a while now. Two things that really stood out for me. Well, firstly, I learned how to feel abundance so I could attract more abundance into my life. And Denise showed me how it was possible to grow my business and still enjoy a successful life with ease and flow. I also learned so much about pricing. I was undercharging and setting my prices based on what was acceptable and the norm for coaches. And after the book, I increased my prices for my time and continued launching new packages. And now I earn so much more. I highly recommend Denise's book to anyone who wants to break through limiting money beliefs and what's possible for you, your income, and your business for the highest good of all. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back. So I've said go do the quiz, find out what your money personalities are. But one of the other things that I get people to do in my money bootcamp, so if you're in money bootcamp and you haven't done this lesson, go do it. It's partners and money. And... Um, what we get people to do in Money Bootcamp is to do a little bit of an inventory of their money memories and to really go through your childhood and, um, you know, I've got a ton of prompts for you, but even just to look at, you know, who made the money? Um, who talked about money? What was the scenario around, you know, who had the power around money? Who made decisions? And any events that you remember that are kind of still a bit traumatic around money, right? So it could be divorce, it could be discussions about alimony, it could be um, pocket money or allowance or um, and also looking at the contrast of what your family had compared to other people's families. So and this is why it's so interesting doing the work that I do because you might have grown up middle class but you felt really wealthy because that's how your family made you feel. You might have been really wealthy but you felt like you were poor because that's how your family made you feel. You might have been a middle class kid who went on scholarship to a really wealthy school and you felt poor. You might have been like just, you know, kind of middle class kid and you were considered rich. You know, it's there's really so many different scenarios around this. 
And often it's about perception and, and contrast. So I get people to do an inventory of all of those things that they can remember and find the themes and find um, connections to how this could be showing up for you. And you can see this in um, you know, times of great depression, times of great financial instability. It does change the cohort of people who go through that. And that's why we talk about depression era you know, grandparents who um, sometimes they become hoarders because they're so fearful. They remember the pain of having no food or having no choice. Some of them become hoarders. Some of them um, go the other way and they cons- you know, consume too much stuff, you know, or they're so fearful. Um, and so these are the kind of conversations you can have as a family to understand and appreciate where you're coming from. And this is kind of the nature nurture debate, I think. Sometimes with your sacred money archetype, you know, some of it is just you and your nature. You could grow up in the exact same family as someone else and have a completely different money personality. And some of it is nurture. Sometimes if you had frugal parents, you're more frugal than you would naturally be. Sometimes you have really frugal parents and you you overcompensate. And then you're like, I never want to think about money. And you, you spend all your money, right? And so understanding your partner and understanding where they're coming from, it has to come from some of these scenarios. you know. And so I'll give you an example from Mark and I. Um, we had so many clashes in those early years of living together. And we were very young and we just didn't know how to have conversations about money and things like that. But I remember he was he would say something and it would just trigger me so much um, and I'd feel really angry, which is for me, I'm a manifester, so my not self is anger. That's how I react. But he would he would look in the cupboard and go, there's nothing to eat. And I would, I would get angry and I'd go, how can you say that? Look at all the food in there. And I realized that for me, um, my mom was very young when she had me, but also, we moved so often, and um, she's a very ruthless person, right? And so I would go to people's houses who've lived in the same house for 30 years. They've got spices that are 30 years old, right? In my house, we never really built up that stuff that you just build up in your cupboards because we just moved so much, and my mom would just declutter everything ruthlessly. And so she never just had a build up of stuff. But she was also someone, because I think we moved a lot and freedom is her highest value, like she literally lives in a motorhome at the moment, right? So it's not like she would bulk buy things. One, because she didn't usually have the money to bulk buy, but also two, I don't think she just valued um, preparing. She likes to just kind of live on the fly, right? In, In lots of ways. And I've seen her do this now, even like occasionally because she lives with uh, with us um, sometimes, sometimes she'll cook, but she'll go and just buy like one carrot, one onion. Um, uh, like it's very much like just-in-time cooking, you know, because she didn't want to then think about, oh, okay, well, if I buy a, a whole bag of onions, I can make three meals out of this because she just probably couldn't afford to shop like that, right? And so that's how my life was. and But also my mum was very um, resourceful. And so I'd say, hey, can I have a slumber party tonight with three of my friends? And she'd go, yep, I'll make it work. And she kind of could. You know, she'd be like, all right, I'll bulk out this spaghetti bolognese. She'll just make it work. And so I would look at a cupboard and go, yeah, you could make 50 meals out of that because that's just how I was brought up. Whereas 
completely the opposite for Mark's family. So Mark's mom is very nurturing. She's a nurturer. That's her that's her money archetype for sure. Um, she buys things in bulk, especially when they're on sale. She has like um, extra fridges and freezers. She has cupboards to store all these extra things. You know, she hasn't moved as many times as my mum has. So, and But that's also a love language for Mark's family is like food and all that kind of stuff, right? So it goes to show that when a cupboard is not completely overflowing and like things just piled up everywhere, that that would hit Mark's scarcity button. And he would be thinking, oh, it's time to it's time to bulk up. It's time for us to, you know, oh, my, oh my God, what, what are we going to eat? And whereas for me, it triggered like this scarcity of like, oh my God, if you're saying there's nothing to eat, that means there's literally nothing to eat, right? And so that was triggering my scarcity of going, if that is true, that means there is like not even an onion in there. Um, and so can you see how it's the same scenario? It is literally like the glass half empty, glass half full thing. But we couldn't appreciate that about each other until we'd had that conversation, until we had understood our, our mothers and their buying behaviors and their love languages and their sabotages and their money situations and to see how that would play out um, and to see how we needed to come together for common ground and choose our own family, you know, kind of values around food, our values around what is enough or what do we need to stockpile. Um, and so can you see how that just one scenario about like the glass half empty, glass half full, cupboard half empty, cupboard half full, we needed to come together and, and, and instead of being like, you're wrong, I'm right, to have compassion for each other. And we could only do that by exploring each other's family scenarios. So you can sit down as a couple and say, and just ask from a place of curiosity, right? And even just things like, hey, like, um, did you get allowance as a kid? What did you have to do for the allowance? You know, and like, I remember um, <laughs> finding out, I hope Mark doesn't listen to this. Oh, no, he does because he reads the transcript where he was like, oh, yeah, I was a paper boy. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then his mom was like, yeah, but when it was too rainy or cold, I would drive him around. And I was like, yes. But I realized so much of my identity is tied up in, you know, I am scrappy. I'm a, I can, I'm a workaholic because I always had like three or four jobs because I had to. I had to pay for my dance lessons um, because, you know, that was an easy thing to, for, for my mum to hold over me, right, if, if we didn't have the money. And so just having those discussions, how much money did you get? You know, what, how much money did you get from the tooth fairy? And like we've had um, lots of, uh, not arguments, but just disagreements around, you know, what are kids expected to do for pocket money or what are you expected to get, um, you know, uh, I don't know, for a tooth or something. <laughs> and actually what I love about Mark, because his mum is very much about creating memories, you know, which is a very nurture thing too, creating memories and making things really special. Like Mark's really good at making things like Christmas really special. He'll do the footprints and he'll do um, all of the beautiful things. You know, like the tooth fairy thing, like our tooth fairy writes letters. Our tooth fairy has sprinkles. Uh, like our tooth fairy is amazing, you know, for our family. And that's not what I experienced growing up. So it would have been really easy for me to just kind of dismiss that and just to go, oh, yeah, whatever. 
And the fact that he does that because that's something that his mum did because she was a single parent and wanted to make those things extra special. Um, And so I think there can just be so much compassion there and understanding, but also shared language. And this is the next part that's so important. You know, when you know each other's archetypes, when you know each other's triggers, when you know each other's, you know, kind of backgrounds, you can then have shared language to help each other when you're in um, maybe, you know, like a recurring sabotage. And so when I know, when I can see that Mark and I are maybe in a ruler sabotage, I can say, hey, ruler, you know, like that's just that's just your ruler. You know, it's time to take it, to, you know, let's take some time off ruler. And it, it's just like, oh, okay, that brings it back. Oh, yes, okay, I understand. Um, and shared language around triggers and just say, hey, no, that's not you. That's, you know, that's your parents coming out or, you know, we're breaking the cycle of that. That's not what we do. Um, and creating new family um, values as well. So our family values are freedom, adventure, um, or is it freedom, abundance, adventure, and fun. And so we can sometimes look at that together as a family and go, look, are we, are we experiencing freedom? Are we experiencing adventure together? Are we having fun? You know, are we in an abundant frame of mind? And that really helps, really, really helps for us to come back to as our family values. So hopefully that helps. Um, But I do have one final thought for you after this last break. But remember, go do the quiz, denisedt.com slash quiz. But also if you do need help and support and you do not have people around you who have a positive money mindset, come and join us in Money Bootcamp because this makes all the difference sometimes having people who are just talking positively about money and it helps you with the tools to kind of, you know, overcome that and, and shield yourself from it. So if you know that now is the time to come and join us, that all the information for that is at denisedt.com slash bootcamp. You can join anytime and we have the calls at live calls at the end of the month. All right. So don't go away. I've got one really important thought for you after this break. Hi, my name is Joanna Shero. I am the creator and founder of Savvy Shake Design and Savvy Template Shop. I live in Georgetown, Kentucky. I'm a graphic and web designer. I specialize in helping knowledge entrepreneurs launch their courses online. I joined Money Bootcamp in 2020 when the world went crazy and shut down. But I was in a stage and we're in, I want to embrace more and empower myself more with the knowledge of money. I have read and listened to Denise's book and I knew that she's someone that I can resonate with and I kind of understand her her process and her journey. So since I'm joining Bootcamp, my biggest thing that I've really done was to really hire an accountant, um, to really look into more of my bookkeeping. I have set my calendar every first Saturday of the month to do my expense report using my Google Sheet. So it was just so exciting to go through this process. So if you're one of those who are thinking of joining this Bootcamp, I highly recommend it. It's the best investment for you. The community alone is just so amazing that you would really just loved um, you know sharing all of your aha moments as well and I know that as I still go through all of the process no matter what stage I am and having Denise and the community and the lucky beast behind me I know there's more success that I I can attain hey and welcome back so my final thought is really it's harsh medicine sometimes but you cannot let anyone else be your excuse and say, well, I'd love to start my business, but my partner, or, oh, I'd love to do this, but, you know, my, 
my husband or my wife and you just go, no, like your money mindset is your responsibility. It's not your fault that they're like that. It's not your fault that your parents taught you bad things about money, but it is your responsibility to shield yourself and is and to control your own thoughts and feelings about it. Okay, so you have to work on your own stuff. You sometimes have to shield yourself from from their stuff. And it could be even for a little while you just don't talk about money, you know, or some topics are off limit with your partner or you crowd it out. And that's why I said come and join us in Money Boot Camp. But also like listen to my books, listen to positive things about money. Start to crowd it out because that can be really hard if all you're hearing is, no, we don't have money. No, lack, 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 lack. And it's like, no, you have to um, be responsible for what goes in. And I, th- I find too, when you're hearing more positive things, it just then rolls off you. You just go, yeah, whatever. Um, it also rubs off on other people. So if you're listening to things, if you're reading things and sharing just like the Cliff's Notes version with them, then it does rub off. And I've seen so many turnarounds of people going, wow, I can't believe it. You know, my partner was so negative about money, but now just from hearing a few little nuggets that I've shared with them from your work or just from playing some of your affirmations around the house, it has shifted. And sometimes it's because we've shifted and we see things in a different light too. So it's if it's meant to be, it's up to me. That's an affirmation for you. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. And it's my responsibility. You know, and we're here to support you. All of the Lucky Bee community is here to support you. So go do the quiz and um, yeah, I'd love to hear your ahas and your thoughts about this and your insights because I know it, I know it can shift and change and you're worth it. You really are. All right, thank you and I will see you on the next episode of Chill and Prosper. Take care, bye. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.